The early Christian believers were very conscious of the command of Jesus Christ, do this in remembrance of me. Although the Last Supper was most likely during the Passover meal, the followers of Christ did not keep the rituals, the prayers, and the actions of the Passover. Furthermore, the Passover was only once a year, and the Christian believers celebrated the Eucharist more than once a year. Since the churches were not yet built, they would gather in the home of the believers. The early Christians met together to break bread. That is how they described what we call the Eucharist today. They celebrated Mass during a meal. At some point during the meal, the patriarch of the house would say, My friends, do you remember what Jesus did before he died? He took bread, he took wine, he blessed these and gave them to his disciples, saying, Take and eat, take and drink. We will do this in remembrance of the command of Jesus. Now let us listen to St. Paul's letter to the Corinthians. For I received from the Lord what I also handed on to you, that the Lord Jesus, on the night when he was betrayed, took a loaf of bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body that is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, he took the cup also after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink the cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. A number of problems arose as they celebrated the Eucharist during the meals. In the first place, there were difficulties in serving a meal on a regular basis. The number of believers began to grow. They increased rapidly, as we read in the Acts of the Apostles. Secondly, believers in Christ were coming from the Gentile community. Confusion grew around having meals at Gentile homes. Remember, the Jews had strict dietary laws, and most of the early followers were Jews. At Gentile homes, there were allusion to pagan gods. Politics also had to be considered, as it was customary to salute the emperor, and the Gentiles showed respect to the emperor by addressing him as God. Thirdly, the rich families tried to outdo one another in the lavishness of the meals. There was jealousy and envy. The poor could not host these meals, and hence there was a certain amount of condescension towards the least of the brothers and sisters. Fourthly, since the Eucharist was during a meal, wine flowed freely. Many a believer would be drunk by the time of the Eucharist. It was no wonder that Paul sternly writes this warning to the church in Corinth in the first letter to the Corinthians. 
When you come together, it is not really to eat the Lord's Supper. For when the time comes to eat, each of you goes ahead with your own supper, and one goes hungry and another becomes drunk. What? Do you not have homes to eat and drink in? Or do you show contempt for the church of God and humiliate those who have nothing? What should I say to you? Should I commend you? In this matter, I do not commend you. So the early followers of Christ separated the Eucharist from the meal. These believers would observe a fast. They would abstain from food and alcohol to have a sense of the sacred. Now the actual words of consecration in those days and even today take only a few minutes. They soon realize that in order to ready themselves for the sacred action, they would have to take time for preparation in advance. They would spend this time recalling their religious story. Since most of the believers had a Jewish background, their stories would be from their Exodus experience and from the prophets, especially those who spoke about the Messiah. They would tell the story of humankind and sin. They would tell the story of how God cared for them. They would tell the story of how they were unfaithful to God. They would tell the story of their sorrow, their repentance, their sacrifice. They would tell of their hope for the Messiah. Here is an example of what they might have read. A voice cries out in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord. Make straight in the desert a highway for our God. Every valley shall be lifted up, and every mountain and hill be made low. The uneven ground shall become level, and the rough places a plain. Then the glory of the Lord shall be revealed and all people shall see it together, for the mouth of the Lord has spoken. In addition, there were always letters from the apostles, Peter and Paul, James and John. These would address issues of discouragement in time of persecution, of complacency during times of prosperity, of scandals within the faith community, adultery, stealing, quarrels, lending money at exorbitant rates, of administrative nature, quarrels, jealousy, lack of forgiving. They might read from a letter from Paul like this one to the community he had established in Thessalonica, where the people were being persecuted. To the Church of the Thessalonians in God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. We must always give thanks to God for you, brothers and sisters, as is right, because your faith is growing abundantly, and the love of every one of you for one another is increasing. Therefore, we ourselves boast of you among the churches of God, 
for your steadfastness and faith during all your persecutions and the afflictions that you are enduring. Remember that the Gospels were yet to be written by Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Yet some of the people attending the meal were from the time of Jesus or had known people who knew Jesus Christ. They would tell about the miracles, the teaching, the parables of Jesus. These stories would be transmitted orally. Eventually, they would be written down so that they would not be lost to time. Here is an example from St. Luke's Gospel. Since many have undertaken to set down an orderly account of the events that have been fulfilled among us, just as they were handed on to us by those who from the beginning were eyewitnesses and servants of the Word, I too decided, after investigating everything carefully from the very first, to write an orderly account for you, most excellent Theophilus, so that you may know the truth concerning the things about which you have been instructed. These writings became what we call the Liturgy of the Word. Following their reading at Mass, in modern times we express our gratitude by saying, Thanks be to God, or praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. I would ask you to close your eyes and imagine a small church house in Thessalonica, Ephesus, Corinth, or Philippi. It was probably the ground floor of a well-to-do believer. Usually, they were women. We hear of women like Damaris or Tabitha or Dorcas. The believers and even the would-be believers who today we call RCIA candidates, would listen attentively to the word of the Lord. They had to deal with the same issues we deal with today. A bossy or controlling leader, sin and scandal in the community, preferential treatment given to a certain group, care for the poor or persecuted churches, preachers who toned down the teaching of Christ. 